Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces Podcast, episode 467. And I'm joined this week by Charlie and Nina of the podcast Sex with Charlie and Nina. And we touch upon it in the episode that I'm a huge fan of Charlie and Nina, their previous podcast, Two Girls, One Shop, and their current podcast, Sex with Charlie and Nina. And I'm going to tell you how much of a fan I am. I teased in last week's episode that we got a big announcement this week. Here's how much of a fan I am. Sex with Charlie and Nina are now part of the Distraction Pieces Network. And we've not had, we've not joined any new podcasting in ages. In fact, we've never ever had a podcast join that was pre-existing. Every podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network so far has been created for the Distraction Pieces Network. But I'm such a fan of Sex with Charlie and Nina that I wanted to give them a shout and ask if they wanted to come and be part of it. And I asked them after this conversation. So it was directly as we finish this chat. I didn't want to ask them at the start in case the answer was no and it made it all awkward. But they were keen and they're wonderful. I thoroughly recommend... I mean, you're going to love this episode and you're going to want to go and, and, and listen to the first two series and you're going to be excited about the third series. So let's just get into it. As ever, we're brought to you by speechdevelopmentrecords.com where you can get all sorts of merch. You can get swimsuits over at speechdevelopmentrecords.com. You can get swimming shorts. You can get sunglasses. You can get all sorts of good stuff. Go and check it all out. Uh, you can head over to Patreon if you want to support. Patreon.com forward slash Rubius Pip. You can head over to twitch.tv forward slash Rubius Pip, yo, to watch all my streaming. And you'll regularly see Charlie and Nina in the chat there because they come and have a little chat and engage every now and then and, and enjoy a bit of Twitch. So, yeah, they've been on loads of podcasts on the, the network. I've been on their podcast People from the network have been on their podcast. There's loads of crossover here. It's a perfect fit. You're a, if you've not heard them before, you're about to fall in love with these ladies because they're truly wonderful. And I really enjoyed this chat. They were so open and honest in true distraction pieces form. Yeah. Oh, before we get into it, my brand new podcast is also out. The first episode is out of Tell Me About It with Scroobius Pip and Stu Whiffin, and you can listen to it now. It's going to be out every Tuesday. I'd really appreciate it if you listened, liked, subscribed, shared, shouted about it. It's a brand new podcast, zero listenership at the moment, so I'm relying on you guys going over there and giving it a listen. The first episode, we're talking all about my school days, and there's some fun stories in there and some revealing stories, so... Go and enjoy that. Yeah, go and enjoy it now. Or not now, listen to this episode. Download it now while you're listening to this episode and then go and listen to it after. Let's get get into it. This is Distraction Pieces Podcast, episode 467 with Charlie and Nina. Is that working? Is everyone calm and relaxed? Oh yeah, not I'm not fucking stressed in the least. How, how how are we today? Obviously, the added stress of tech and recording podcasts isn't ideal. When I mean, it's the most obvious thing to talk about, but it's a bit hot, isn't it? It's, oh, it's a little so bit warm. fucking hot. Look how look at how sweaty I am. I've got this like sweat glow thing going on. It's too much at the moment. I can't. I love it. it. I'm like a lizard. I can't move unless it's hot. Oh, really? Yeah, in the winter months, I like, I'm one of those like burrowing little beetles that puts itself away until the sun comes out. I love it. I love it. So you're the only person reveling in this, in this outrageous. Oh, mate. Run I'm living heat. my absolute best life. Well, I'm joined today by, I mean, it's very exciting for me as a as a Charlie and Nina super fan. Um, <laughs> I'm joined by Charlie and Nina, formerly of Two Girls, One Shop, and currently of Sex with Charlie and Nina. How are you both? Heat aside, how is everything? I'm fucking loving life. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, everything's going really good. Yesterday, actually, weirdly, was a year since we did our photo shoot. With um, Luke? Yes. The, with the pink suits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, that yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. And I think that was for episode 
no, season two, two girls, one shop. So, you know, everything's like really changed a lot since then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's all fl- flown along. And like, there's loads I want to t- talk to you both about. I want to talk pre-podcast and I want to talk podcast. But, but since we're uh, we're there, I guess it all started with two girls, one shop which was you two because you two met working in a sex shop right yeah and like how did the podcast come about because obviously you're going to have had loads of stories you're going to be the people that when you're out with mates or you'll like they'll all want to hear your different stories from different mad people have come in and mad things that have happened so yeah when did the podcast come about or how did it come about I guess we've been collecting stories over the duration of like 15 years yeah. And um, everyone always wants to know. They're like, oh, that something weird happened in there. And then we happened upon Stuart with him yeah. <laughs> uh, in the brush. And unfortunately for him, we were just harassing the shit of him. <laughs> we were like, oh, young man. You know, like those ladies, two old ladies. Um, <laughs> and we told him about the sex shop and he was like, you should do a podcast. And we're like... I don't think so. We didn't know what podcasts were. Yeah. Yeah, it was the classic shoe thing, wasn't it? Like, here's a story, he wants to make a podcast out of it. Yeah. But I think this is actually probably one of his best ideas. <laughs> I mean, I completely agree. It's because you've got l- l- loads of stories as well. It's not like just him him telling his Ukraine story over and over again <laughs> to anyone who'll listen. So it's, a ve- it's the variation of stories that's exciting. So... Yeah, and then you kind of he 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 kind of co-hosted it with you guys, right? He was the the conduit as such. To... Yeah, it was only meant to be like a couple of episodes, and um, yeah, and then it just turned into a, a snowball effect, and that was it. It was gone. But um, yeah, his initial sort of role would would be to say, "Oh, what did he look like?" And yeah. when we started talking and realised how upset Stu was about the stories, <laughs> we wanted to do more. <laughs> That's it. I I think w- w- one of the perfect things of that combination was something w- w- we discussed a, a little bit when I was on Sex with Charlie and Nina, but it's the fact that I hadn't really thought about the fact that Stu's been married a long time. So whilst he is, you know, a well-travelled guy, uh, you know, he's not some prude, but it's been a long time since he was in the dating world or all these different things. So, so there, uh, there was a lot of... I'd always laugh the most when you two would share something that's quite standard or not that shocking. And he'd be absolutely, he'd be like, so people go and meet people for sex in hotels. (laughs) What the fuck? This is fucking crazy. It's like, it's not that men. Like considering some of the stuff that you guys had, some stories from your (laughs) sex shop life, it was things like that, that Stu's like, people have a playlist to have sex with. This is insane. And yeah. yeah. That was the most insane thing from (laughs) Stu, wasn't it? It's the fact that, you know, the guy is always listening to music all the time. That's all he ever thinks about. And he couldn't get his head around creating a playlist for sex. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Which is I mean, I don't like to think about Stu having sex. Oh, no. But But it's made worse and scarier now by the absolute rule of silence. It's just so sinister, isn't it? (laughs) Like, horrible. I I feel for his wife. Can you imagine? Just like, he's always listening to music. So imagine you're his wife, just dotting around the house, making a cup of tea, and then you hear the music slowly turn down. And you're like, oh, no, you know, something bad's going to happen. You don't want to go into any new rooms. You you don't (laughs) know where he's going to be looming. That's the thing. Have you ever had that feeling where you feel like someone's in your house? That. (laughs) I can just imagine that. (laughs) Except it's your husband. Um, Yeah, which is worse. That's the scariest story I can think of. But, again, all, all jokes aside, I think Stu was a key part to bringing you girls into the podcast world and making it comfortable because again it was it was having that third person there it wasn't just here's some stories all right see you later it was having <laughs> a third person there to go what and then it like to, to almost play the role of the listener so if it was just these monologues of here's a story it was someone to interrupt a bit and go whoa 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 tell me more about that yeah <laughs> that's crazy yeah yeah because we're so desensitized to it that yeah. It was like that. We'd just be like, oh, yeah, butt plugs and clits and 
you know, and he'd be like, well, wait, hang on, hang on a second. Let's, what's, what's a butt plug? What's a cock ring? Like, because yeah. you just forget that people might not know what those things are. And I think most people actually don't. Yeah. And you casually start with, oh, this guy was in there and he was, was wanking all over the mirror. And then we went to, and he's like, whoa, what do you mean he was just wanking over the mirror like it's something normal? But for us, it was very normal. Yeah. I mean, that's the mad thing, isn't it? And and not that, because again, I was tempted to kind of try and get the top, like the top five stories or something out of you both here. But I think people should just go and listen to, to the podcast. It's all there and it's all available. But it was, again, it's not just this person came in and bought this sex toy. It's the returning of sex toys. It's people wanking in dressing rooms, sh- shitting in dressing rooms, pissing on the doorstep. It's really a mad thing. What do you think it is about a sex shop that brings that kind of madness? Do you think it is because you have to have a certain boldness and comfort to go into a sex shop? Like I remember as a teen or being old enough to go in sex shops but being scared and kind of walking past. And then in Soho one day I went in one and then it was like, oh, this isn't a thing at all. (laughs) Um, This is absolutely fine. But I think it takes a certain kind of person. It's changing now, but certainly for a while, it was a certain kind of person who'd have the balls to go in there. And then therefore, that's probably also a nice Venn diagram with the kind of person who will wank openly in public. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think these kinds of things happen in every shop. Yeah. Like everyone that I've spoken to in retail, it happens in like Tesco's. And I mean, I was in Tesco's recently and some guy came up and started playing the bongos. <laughs> oh, on yeah. my, I had like a tin of roses and he just came up and just started playing the bongos <laughs> on it in my trolley. And I was like, what is happening? What is happening Love here? It. <laughs> but I think because these people are picking up lube and squirting it in their mouths, and then running out instead of opening a can of beans and then running out. It makes it funnier. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. The props at your disposable are funnier than they are in Tesco's. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's not as funny just waving a carrot around, is it? When you've got a fucking huge dildo and you're just like, wait. Exactly. In in Tesco's, he's he's playing the drums on roses. In the sex shop, the drumsticks are dildos. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We were just standing there looking at him in like, well... I say disbelief, but we weren't shocked. But it makes you realise that it does just happen in retail. Yeah. And you have to put up with all these fucking weird things. Like, (laughs) I was in town the other day just minding my own business. I was in Clinton's and a fucking woman runs in the shop and and she's like going, oh, oh, catch him. And I think I thought it was a dog. Um, So I've gone to catch what I thought was a dog. It was a baby seagull. Oh, wow. So I picked up a seagull who's injured, and the people in Clinton's were losing their shit. This is the worst thing that's happened to them this week. But for me, it was just like, oh, it's a shop with a bleeding seagull in it. (laughs) Of course it bloody is. Just have to deal with it. Now, um, a key part of the Tesco story there was when it was revealed that you were both there. And that's kind of a key thing of you met in a sex shop, but you've then become just constant parts of each other's lives. It's not like, a, oh, we work together for a bit and then we thought we'd do this podcast. You you, you are a, a, a duo in every <laughs> sense of the word. Um, how quickly did you kind of connect in that way? Like when, like, were you already working there, Charlie, I think, and Nina started after you? Yeah, well, Nina started when I was on maternity leave. Right. So I come back. And everyone Scam. was telling me how to steal your job, <laughs> crossing the picket line when you're not there. I know. This is fucking yeah. <laughs> So yeah, everyone was like, "Oh, Nina's so great. Nina's so amazing. You'll love her." So obviously, I before I'd even met her, I fucking hated her guts. Like, don't Standard. fucking tell me who to fucking like. I was very young at the time. Obviously, I was like twenty, so I was very um, I was a bit of a dick. And Nina also equally didn't like me yeah. at all. Did you? No, because everyone had spent the whole time saying how much of a fucking horrible cunt she was. There's, there's, there's a level of respect that's underlying in instant dislike. I had, I had <laughs> yeah. similar, I had similar when I worked in 
in retail, there was, <laughs> this is a weird story, but there was a girl that used to come in every now and then in Lakeside that I'd never, ever spoken to, but I'm sure we had a bit of a connection. I'm sure we, you know, we'd see each other around and pass a glance, a beautiful young lady. And then I suddenly heard a boyfriend had just started working with us. And I was like, this guy's a fucking prick. I didn't know shit. There's a connection with literally two months later, me and him had started a business together. Best mates. <laughs> Absolutely wonderful guy. But that initial was like, fuck this prick. But it's because there's an underlying respect there. It's like, oh, fair play. Completely saw saw what she saw in him. He was wonderful. So, did yeah, you, I think there is anyway? that. No, I didn't. But <laughs> m- me and him had a few moments. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, it started off you trying to steal his girlfriend and ended up <laughs> you stealing her boyfriend. It genuinely started to, 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 to go that way. Because we started a business together and we'd do a lot of street art together, it would be constantly that they'd have plans and then I'd be like, I'm going Norwich tomorrow stenciling. Do you fancy a road trip? And he'd be making excuses to get out of his wonderful... <laughs> arrangements oh with his God. missus his I wife in like, fact it was his wife guy. i believe yes so i did end up <laughs> stealing him away more than anything um but, but yeah so h- how quickly then after that are uh, like how quickly did the instinctive hate dissipate <laughs> and you submitted to the love that was underlying she still hates me i'm tripping away <laughs> just slowly but surely yeah, well, it was quite a long time. We hated each other for a long time. And then I love, um, I love Nina this part was... of your journey. <laughs> Nina was in this situation where she was living with this like horrible man that she was in a relationship with. And she came in to the shop once quite upset. And I just thought, oh, fuck, fuck off. Don't talk to me. But I'm going to have to ask her if she's all right. Because, you know, duty of care, being a manager, yep. <laughs> you have to. So through gritted teeth, I was like, what the fuck's wrong? And she told me this story and she felt trapped there and she couldn't leave and like all of this. And I've got quite a good sized house with a spare room and my head's going, you can't let her go back to that house when you've got a house with a spare room in it. So I was very much like, I'm in an R in about inviting her to come and live with me as I fucking hated her. But it was hard to see someone in so much distress. So, you know, I'm an arsehole, but I've got a little bit of a heart. So I just sort of bit the bullet and said, do you want to come and live with me? And she said yes. And we literally <laughs> yeah, we literally got in my car, drove to her house, grabbed all of her stuff. Wow. While he was out. Yeah, it's like a very turbulent and dangerous place for mm. me and was becoming just increasingly worse. And I'd kind of... I'd been through quite a bit. My nan had died, who I was living with and caring for. So I found myself in a position where I was like on my own. And it was the only bit of continuity and structure I'd ever had living with my nan because I my life had been erratic. And I found myself in a situation with a very attractive, dangerous man, as as we often do. <laughs> and yeah, it was kind of, it got to the point where it was like, I might not get to come to work if I carry on living there. So. Yeah. Yeah, she just took pity on me. <laughs> I love it. I'm now imagining like a movie montage of you living together and, and, and gradually seeing the, the good in each other. Like, first of all, you're, you're snarling as you look over at each other, yeah. getting on with stuff, and then gradually a little smile comes through as you, well, that's as, the thing. As you see how great you it are. It was very like, she wasn't happy about it, but mm. she did it anyway. And for someone who doesn't, or didn't have any sort of stability or a family structure. She'd she hadn't just given me a room. She'd given me a family and people that I could love. And so the reason I know how to love people the way I do is because she allowed me to love her and her family. I love it. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. Well, um, I kind of again because of how cl- how close you both are. You probably know everything about each other anyway, but I'm kind of interested to delve a little bit into the the, the pre-sex shop lives of each of you. Not again. We don't have to go anywhere weird or dangerous. Don't worry. I want to go weird and dangerous. Um, What's, but I haven't got any stories that aren't weird or dangerous. Starting with Nina, then what was life? BC before Charlie. Yeah. What? What? You didn't grow up around this 
No, I grew up in a very uh, small community, which was a church, Church of England village. Right. So things were very, like, cut off from the rest of the world. It was very much like that M. Night Shyamalan village. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's how we were living. We were getting our water from the well and shit. (laughs) Yeah, so I grew up there with um, my mum who has had uh, alcohol problems for, for as long as I've known her. Mm-hmm. And my dad, who's a musician, who was always away. So it was very much a, he wasn't present even when they were together. Yeah. And so I was caring for my mum and my siblings. So things were quite awkward. Money was su- super, super tight. Mm. And everyone hated me because I was different as well. So I'm living in a village where I haven't got a two-parent family, which is very frowned upon. Yeah. I'm not going to school regularly because of the disruption. And also I had adopted the costume of Vivian from The Young Ones. <laughs> Perfect choice. So I was a real hot ticket around there. <laughs> so I didn't have any friends. Uh, this is such a sob story, but I don't, like, I'm not sad about it. Mm. But, um, yeah, so things for me were not nice in the village and my mum had a string of very violent boyfriends, so we were often living in scary high-pressured environments and as soon as I could leave I was out Mm. so I was just traveling around trying to find a place for myself in a dangerous world and yeah and then I eventually moved in with my nan to care for her for her last years of her life and that was wonderful yeah I could imagine so 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 where was you your nan or how did you kind of find your way to to South End? She was living in South End. Right. So I'd already been working in a sex shop in Chelmsford Mm -hmm. and then a position. So were sex shops always your, where you've worked Uh, job wise? I've done a bit of everything really. Mm -hmm. I've I've worked for like holiday camps. I've worked in bars. I've done sales. I've never, for me, working has never been, I've never had a career or wanted a career yeah. um, until later on in life. I was just surviving. So anywhere yeah. I could get my money is where I was getting it. Of course. Um, and, yeah, so a position came available in a sex shop in Chelmsford. It was the first one I worked in was actually really like one of those horrible, blacked out, people mm-hmm. asking for animal porn type of places. Yeah. And then I went to a little bit more lighter hearted one. And then the position came up in South End, and that's when I moved in with my nan. I love it. I love it. And and what about you, Ch- uh, Charlie? What was w- when did you start working in sex sh- shops? I guess. Um, and what was your yeah? Have you are you from South End? Is that your? End? Yeah, yeah, I'm from South End. So like similar upbringing to Nina, really, but with a seafront as a backdrop instead <laughs> of <a> scary. <laughs> village um, so this is they're seeing st- instead of in the woods as such, yeah. it sounds like i love it yeah. <laughs> yeah but um i worked in the same place since i was 18 so really right. from from the get-go i was kind of just thrown in there but i was very prudish when i first started i was kind of i only kind of went in there because um i was really into like visual merchandising yeah and the person that managed the shop at the time was like some sort of big time merchandiser for right. loads of different sex shops across the country. So I was like, was it a sex shop that appealed to you at the time or was it just you wanted or you needed work and they had stuff available? Or did you specifically think, because again, one of the things I love, as I've, I've told you both about both the podcasts is the openness. It's all very sex positive and the more high street chain sex shops as basic as they can be at times as as troubled as they can be at times i think that they've also done a lot in this country for bringing forward the conversation about sex and and taking a bit of the taboo and the shame away i said rather than your blacked out windows creepy oh this needs to be hidden away they have been again there's 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 love and hate in the in the sex shop industry for your big brand stores but you can't the deny how much they have normalized <laughs> vibrators and dildos and all sorts of other things all sorts of sex toys that they don't necessarily have to be this secret hidden away thing anymore it's like oh that's a part of of adulthood 
Yeah, you know? definitely. There was um, there's a bit of a divide actually from the length of time I was working there. We had this kind of like before and after Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm. So that was a very specific time that just changed everything for everyone, and we noticed like such a massive increase in the sale of things like whips and. You know, bondage and, stuff. and it just proper um, m- made it even more of an industry. My mate wrote the the Fifty Shades screenplay, the film, and she would be sent every new branded Fifty Shades sex toy that came out. She was like, "This is overwhelming. They're releasing like a hundred <laughs> different sex toys." It's like she, well, it it made it Disney. It was a Disney, a, a Disneyfication of the sex industry of going. Here's all the different. Fifty Shades branded accoutrements. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was definitely mainstream after that. Like before yeah. that, it wasn't. So it was this very specific time, and I've seen it before, and I've seen it after. And yeah, I think that, that Fifty Shades did it a world of good. Do you so feel? I can't... Do, do you feel? I mean, we're now getting just into Fifty Shades now. Do you feel it was also, or uh, no? I'll put forward my view rather than try and falter yeah. <laughs> an answer from you. I feel it also was at points irresponsible with what it put forward because it put forward stuff. I don't know. It, it allowed men to act like pricks as a kink. <laughs> in in many ways, <laughs> it brought forward a lot of kink that is you need to know what you're doing and you need to be careful with. And it made it seem like this lighthearted, fun thing. But whenever there's pain involved, it's serious, man. That can be really dangerous and it can be really emotionally impactful on an individual. But it kind of, I feel, I don't know, it felt like it allowed a lot of of dickheads to go, oh, no, I'm just, I'm a bit yeah. kinky. It's like, and no, you're a prick, Tom, mate. Dick and Harry <laughs> wanted to fucking tie you up. And- yeah kick the shit out of you yeah and like that's not for me yeah. and that is for some people but for me it changed dating massively yeah. because where you used to get like hi i'm tom i am 35 and i like i don't know tennis it's like hi i'm tom i'm looking for a submissive and you will bow down to my every whim yeah. so it's like is this safe to date people anymore because the sex will not be just safe consensual nice sex if you're not careful like I have boundaries and I won't allow someone to tie me up if I don't trust them but there are women out there and men who don't know how to set those boundaries and would put themselves in positions that are dangerous boundaries is the key is the key topic there I think because again to be clear all of these things are absolutely fine if you're both into it yeah you know I don't believe in any kind of kink shame and it's one of the things that always gets awkward when there's some kind of celebrity scandal I've talked about it before but when Louis CK got um exposed for he liked to wank in the room with these women and it's like everyone be like oh it's, it's, it's so gross this old bald man wanking in the court it's like no, it's the lack of consent that's gross. Yeah. You, you can, if, if they're all into it, then fucking go ahead. It might not be my thing, but yeah. you do you. It's it's the lack of consent that's gross. And we do it with everyone from, I mean, the worst of the worst, Harvey Weinstein. So much of it was around him looking gr- gross or whatever. It's like, that's yeah. not the problem there. Yeah, the fact that it's... he looks gross, is, gross isn't the, the problem it's funny, there. It's isn't the fact it, how that he's an The abuser. minute you're not hot. People don't like it. Yeah. If you're hot and you're having a wank, people are like, oh yeah. yeah. If you're disgusting or physically disgusting to people, they're like, what you have a wank, you yeah. piece of work. How disgraceful! I know. Oh god, imagine. It's so weird it's though, isn't a it? Hot privilege, isn't it? And one of the things I wanted to talk to you about with the podcast and just having to exist in this world as women is social media. Because, again, I think there's another weird thing there because I've had stuff before where I've had to check myself because someone's reached out and been incredibly forward and kind of inappropriate, but because they're hot, I've been like, all right. And I've had to go, (laughs) no, hang on, hang on, that's not really, I shouldn't be, yeah, you know, because there's also been points that I've had people be too forward or obscene. And I've had to say, look, imagine 
if this was the other way round and we didn't know each other and I just out of nowhere sent you a picture of my dick, that would be inappropriate. I know that is the norm fucking these days, but I had to, I've had to, to I've offended people before because I've had to be, oh no, we were just having a conversation and now you've <laughs> been obscene in some way. But it is weird, isn't it? Because no one wants unsolicited stuff like that, but someone hot does it. <laughs> it's fucking, it's a it's weird, great, it's such a line, isn't it? Because it's not appropriate. <laughs> it's not appropriate at all, but it is such a weird... <laughs> yeah, untalked about grey area of this yeah. is wrong, but mm, yeah, good work. <laughs> yeah, it's like a little bit flattering, isn't it? We're always yeah. told, like, don't whistle at me in the street because it's offensive. But if someone hot whistles at you in the street, it's like, mm, yeah. he mm. fancies me. <laughs> I, I can't approve with your, of your method, but you have my attention. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, weird. It's a weird area. It's hot, isn't it? Exactly, I guess. But so how how I wanted to ask, how has podcasting, particularly podcasting on the subject of sex, influenced your sex lives or dating lives? And there's kind of multi-angles to, to this, because number one, as soon as you speak, as soon as a woman speaks openly about sex, it will be assumed that they're fucking gagging for it. Or, or whatever else that's how men are going to be but then also the other angle of it is you will both speak openly when you feel it's appropriate about past dates about past relationships and i think that equally could panic p- a potential s- suitors because you're like i don't want to g- get something wrong and then be shamed not shamed but exposed <laughs> on the podcast yeah. as such i mean the, there was a recent story of a, a date nina had with fucking Sir lols a lot that oh. just had me in bits. The amount of lols in messages was just us fuming. But yeah, it's a weird one. So I guess how is that? How is the dating life, sex life when you're doing a podcast about all of those things? Well, you think it's going to do wonders for you. You think when you get this profile, I'm going to be absolutely smothered in cock. Um, which, I mean, it hasn't hurt the amount of cops that I've been smelled in. But uh, <laughs> it hasn't necessarily made it any better. But the amount of guys who will not entertain it because they don't want to be spoken about on the podcast. Like, yeah. I've had so many messages from, like, ex-lovers that was like, can you not mention this particular incident? Mm. And I'm like, sorry, who is this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember you. Yeah, well, sometimes we won't give people the time of day. Mm-hmm. And so they've they've done something weird or horrible, but we refuse to let them have a little shred of the limelight, and mm-hmm. that's more upsetting for him. Yeah, and I think, again, on both podcasts, I think you're quite good at finding the appropriate level of anonymity. Because, again, <laughs> I don't think you should just be talk- talking about people's business, but if it's stuff that happened in your life, then you've got a right... It's you know it's you've got custody of that experience yeah. as well. So it's it, it's I can understand someone being I'm uncomfortable you talking about me. It's like well yeah. I'm happy to not talk about you, but I will talk about the experience that I was involved in because I was involved in it. And yeah. if it reflects badly upon you, and again, it's hard to say because I'm obviously not in the the know on any of the stories. But it all you guys seem to always approach it with a reasonably here's the facts of what happened. <laughs> And then you go into, like, how crazy is this? So it doesn't even feel as if it's too biased or anything like that. So as you, I think you've said a few times, if you come across poorly in this story, it's because yeah. you've acted poorly. It's it's not really... If I'm just retelling the story and you don't like yeah. how it sounds, then that's, it's that's not a you problem. And my you know? man used to say, if you don't want someone to know, don't do it. Yeah. If you're in there jizzing over everything and then you get upset because we've gone, he's jizzed over everything, <laughs> perhaps you shouldn't have been doing that. Yeah, I like to think that's the specific story your nan was talking about when she said <laughs> that, yeah. that advice. Look, if you're going to jizz over stuff, <laughs> yeah. expect people, if you don't want people to know about you j- 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 jizzing over everything, don't j- jizz over yeah. everything. Yeah, right? jizz secretly. Yeah. But ha- Charlie, you didn't answer. How has it impacted your sex life and dating? having a public podcast yeah you do get a lot of um oh you're going to talk about this in your podcast aren't you 
And I'm like, yeah, probably, probably am, yeah. But, yeah, it is a case of if you don't want people to know about it, don't do it. If you think it's wrong, why are you doing it? Yeah. I I mean, has there been much positive impact then? Because you are two very attractive girls with you've had these (laughs) cool photo shoots and you talk openly about these things. So, as you say, you do have this new profile so has that kind of come with any kind of new demand or extra demand? Demand is such a gross <laughs> way of saying it. We're very in demand. <laughs> demand. But yeah, We're you know really what I mean. It, it's like put me off of dating altogether, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Going back through and thinking, wow, like this is not, I don't want to do this anymore. It's really, it's just, I don't know. I'm not dating anybody, so... I wouldn't say it's massively affected me, but I do think people are more worried about the... I haven't had many unsolicited dick pics since I've started doing it because... And how many solicited since you started doing it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you're going to get one out of you, obviously, but, (laughs) you know, you wouldn't play ball, so... You're a work in progress, Pip. It's early days. (laughs) One of the things I think might... Again, one of the... The benefits, I think, is you both speak quite openly about exactly as you were saying there, Charlie, of being s- sick of all the bullshit. You've got quite no-nonsense policies. So, and uh, I mean, equally, I know there's been at least w- w- one story, I think it was with Nina, where someone messaged saying, I know you have a no-nonsense policy, but... And it, there's a but. It's kind of acknowledging, I know you're not, but anyway, I'm going to try it. <laughs> I'm going to try some nonsense regardless, but... I think that probably helps, right? Because you're straight off the bat in there going, don't fucking come here with any of your bullshit. We're, gr- yeah. we're grown-ups. Here's all these stories. That's what's made us the grown-ups that we are today. <laughs> that, that that has made it so much harder for you to get over the line because of all these other pricks. So yeah. don't even yeah. try, you know. Well, they you're... do still try. That's yeah. the thing. They, lo- they, re- <laughs> they love the boundaries and they respect you, but they still want them to not apply to them yeah like can you just make an exception for me and it's like who the fuck are you yeah (laughs) why are you so special like why have I got to not have boundaries for you and it's that sense of entitlement and that ego that is just so ick yeah we we say all the time you give them an inch and they'll take a mile and honestly Mm. every interaction with a man is that like you you allow them into your space to interact with you and then they just can't deal with it and then I fucking go mad I don't know what it is I can't work you lot out yeah my theory is or or the way I think you girls have to look at it is when that first message has come through they've got an erection (laughs) so you're literally (laughs) you're teetering on that like at any point this could it's good and that's why I think things can go from casual chat to guys completely crossing the line really quickly because they've been casually chatting secretly with a full erection (laughs) and then it's a point where like now forget this so and then it gets filth immediately and i think that's the world of social media we have created for ourselves (laughs) (laughs) yeah but then i think there's a certain like accessibility especially with people that are in social media or any sort of like entertainment is that people think that they've already gone past the getting to know you stage yeah so we talk to a lot of people who say things to us that are about our personal lives or whatever which you think no one has access to but obviously we're talking about it so yeah Yeah. they've already done the groundwork for the friendship so when they come straight in you're like whoa but they're further along than you it's an adjustment as well isn't it the amount of people who have reached out to me on social media and have instantly been f- fucking horrible. And I'm like, what the fuck's this? Who's this? But it's because of how me and Stu are and me and, and Chris are and that on the drunk cast. We cunt each other off. So <laughs> you then realise, oh, you were joking, but I don't know you. So you've massively crossed a line to t- yeah. to just be straight in with, all right, you fucking hairy prick or whatever. It's like, all right, mate. <laughs> the fuck's going on here but again it is it's you forget that all this is out there so they've spent hours w- with you you've just not spent hours with them so <laughs> yeah yeah we it's did get a message weird. free yesterday didn't we yeah. that was um it was like oh 
the podcast is really great um keep up the good work or something and then we were like oh thanks for the feedback and then they sent through about six really detailed messages about some sort of weird story that wasn't funny it was like really traumatic (laughs) we're a bit like what the (laughs) fuck why do people think they can tell us this stuff yeah and then we remember oh yeah it's because yeah we're they listen to us they know us yeah well let's talk about moving out from under the huge shadow cast by Stuart Roy Whiffin (laughs) and um and branching out on your own I think it was great because it made sense to end two girls one shop because it's a limited format particularly as the sex shop ended up closing because of the pandemic there's a limited amount of stories and you're going to start struggling I guess so you decided to start sex with Charlie and Nina as just the 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 two of you and you have guests on and talk to them about sex and have specific questions but then also some of my favorite episodes are when it's just just the two of you going well let's have a catch-up about what's been going on so how was that to kind of go right it's us now it's us on our own it's not it's it's not the podcast guy yeah oh it's bloody terrifying yeah because I don't, I mean, I barely even switched a laptop on since I'd left school. So that was like 18 years ago. So suddenly yeah. we've got all of this like equipment <laughs> that I don't, I'm not really literate to. And well, we were recording in that studio to start with. And then we had to leave them behind because they were trying to keep us down. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, fuck this. I'm going to fucking do this. We're going to do this on our own. Yeah. So we've got like all of this stuff. We don't know how to use it. And it's all set up in my house. So I've got people come to my house. Um, and we still don't really know what we're doing, do we? To be well, fair. Well, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, if this was me with all this equipment on my own, well, you wouldn't hear a peep out of us because it's I l- fucking terrible. I love that all the equipment is set up in front of the front windows. And so it's like MTV back in the day when they'd have the live <laughs> yeah. thing and everyone's walking past going, oh, they're interviewing someone. It's like, there you are. <laughs> yeah. well, but it's just neighbor- on your residential street. <laughs> <laughs> my neighbours, weirdly, this is a funny story. At, um, at the Jubilee, we had this street party in the street that we weren't going to go to, obviously, because... We weren't really invited to, to be fair. Yeah. And we thought, we're not going to that as lame. But we ended up popping out there because... We had like some condoms and stickers. So we thought, oh, let's go out, have a little chat with the neighbours. We'd had a couple of drinks. Promote um, the podcast. I love promote it. Promote the podcast. Um, I should make it clear that the condoms have the, the, the podcast logo on and they're promotional. You won't go in, <laughs> yeah. shall we go to the party? Oh, we've got some condoms. Just let's Johnny's pop with out. Us. That, should you never be, know. that should be explained <laughs> a little further. But, but, but yes, so you popped out there with your condoms and your stickers. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and well, we weren't expecting it, but we got met with like hostility. Oh, really? Yeah. And we, and um, all the neighbours were like, we know you're doing a live sex show in there and we've seen you with your lights on. Um, you've always got a different car pulling up outside your house. Oh, wow. So, yeah, they were really not happy about it. And I thought, fucking hell, like, not That's one single amazing. person has, like, come over to say anything. They're just all over there gossiping about what we're doing. And one of them even... Were well, you a little sh- bit sad that all you're doing is recording a podcast? Did you think, <laughs> oh, man, I wish... <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't, re- I didn't correct them. Brilliant. I was like... Brilliant. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I don't, good. like... Because... That's Whatever hilarious. it is I'm doing it, it's got nothing to do with you. So even yeah. if I am fucking someone on a table with loads of lights pointing at me, <laughs> and what? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Fuck, Fuck off. off. Yeah. So, I, did, <laughs> so I, didn't, I didn't correct him at all. And then one pulled out his phone and he was like showing me my Instagram account, going, yeah. there's pictures of you sitting on a washing machine. Do you know about that? <laughs> <laughs> naked. Naked on a washing machine. <laughs> The shame. Absolute madness. So now I, when I'm not recording in here, I actually point all the cameras facing out. So they think that I'm filming them. I love it. I I love it that you're causing (laughs) a stir in the neighbourhood. It was was bad, actually. For a few days after, I fucking was like ready to throw myself off the pier. It was really stressful. I found it really stressful because they 
like came and approached Charlie like the day after where I wasn't here. And um, they accused me, which is the funniest thing, of handing out leaflets to a live sex show. And what I find most funny about that is that I wouldn't know how to make a leaflet at all. You put a computer in front of me and I fucking am useless. So the fact that they think I could make a leaflet. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a leaflet. We've one of the reasons we started Pod Bible was because we felt not enough. There's still some people who don't know what a podcast is, and this is proof that that still is completely misunderstood. (laughs) That because it's Sex with Charlie and Nina, the podcast. I don't know the podcast bit, but clearly, Charlie and Nina are doing sex stuff, and this is unacceptable. That's madness. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's the thing that was so funny about it is that I don't think they really cared what I was doing because they wanted me to be like the local prostitute. Do you know what I mean? Because it fit their narrative of like how evil I am walking around trying to steal everyone's husbands because that was another thing I got accused of that night Yeah, was that I was trying to like be a siren and like steal everyone's husbands off of them and I just think you're fucking crabby old disgusting husband. (laughs) No, thank you. I love it. It's madness. It's absolute <laughs> madness, isn't yeah. it? And again, it goes to what we were talking about, how important it is to be sex positive and open about these all these different things. It shows like, how much work there still is to do because of gossiping neighbours and, sh- and shit like that, that people are still very much yeah. in the and dark. How dangerous would it be for me if people thought I was a prostitute? Yeah. They're telling everyone down the street... And some, like, cr- creepy, like, sex offender that lives down the road thinks it's okay to come and knock on my door yeah. and ask me for services. Like, how dangerous is that? I've got my – I live here with my children. <laughs> like, 100%. you're spreading these, like, horrible rumours. And and again, it's it's more the fact – again, I like that you were like, well, I don't care what you think because if I was doing that, there's nothing wrong with that. But it is also a fact that sex workers are at far higher risk because largely – of the perception that other people have of them, whether that be men, customers or whatever else, or just the public. So it's not even necessarily them putting themselves in danger. It's because of the perception that they are of less worth, of less credibility or whatever else that puts people at risk. So as much as it is, you know, at the start we're kind of laughing about it, it is also fucking dangerous that that people are, are... are putting you as that character and that person. That's fucking, yeah, it's madness. Yeah, it's madness. And all you've got to do is flick down my Instagram a little bit more while you're looking at the sexy pictures of me and realise that it's us just trying to, like, be positive about about sex. Yeah, it's about mm. sex. But it's also a lot about accepting people for who they are just yeah. in general. Yeah, you've had a real range of genders, of sexualities, of all sorts of stuff on. And what I enjoy is <laughs> nothing gets the, the stew whiffing reaction. <laughs> there's, there's, there's been n- n- nothing said where you're like, oh, my God, it's all quite all right. I didn't know that. Or do you, do you know what I mean? About different approaches and different <laughs> things that people are into. And that's, yeah, I think that's a really a, a positive thing thing and uh yeah yeah we like everyone to be involved don't we it's nice to have a conversation and it's so nice and such a compliment that people feel they can have those conversations with us i feel really privileged that people are willing to share their sexual exploits and things like that with us because it's so personal did you have any hesitation on these podcasts and these stories based around the fact that you're both parents and and the reason I asked that is I know David Earl recently recent podcast guest he's he's removed a load of of one of his characters off YouTube because he felt it was a bit silly and he didn't want his kid to get bullied or someone had brought it up at his kid's school or something and he was just like right I'm I'm deleting all of that and yeah it I not being a parent I'd never really thought about the choices that you have to make in any artistic endeavor or any public endeavor i guess not specifically about sex or whatever else but anytime you're going i want to talk publicly yeah what kind of thought process was there as as parents 
<laughs> you're probably better to answer this because my daughter's five, so mm. she doesn't really get it, but we're quite open. She asks me awkward questions all the time, but yeah. yours are teenagers, aren't they? So they're a bit more in the firing line. Yeah, well, I never really had any reservation from it. I did a little bit more when I was working in the shop. Um, I did think, God, I don't really want to be working here still when my kids are in senior school because we did used to get kids running by and shouting dildo into the shop or whatever. <laughs> and I thought it's only a matter of time before one of Oscar's mates sees me in there yeah. when he's like running past and then he gets a bit of stick for it. But I don't really feel like it, that with this podcast, mm. to be honest with you. I think it benefits them a lot because we've had like gay people and transgender people come into the house um, and they've met my kids. And I think it's good for them to to be exposed to that and to see that these people are just lovely, nice people. Yeah, and there's just you know variations I mean? so, in the world. Have Have either of you read May Martin's book? It's really good. May Martin, the comedian, it came to mind as you mentioned um, your daughter being five because May Martin's a comedian, had a great show or has a great show called Feel Good. Um, oh, yeah, I, I believe that. is non-binary. And they did a book about how gender and that, how, where we are now and how it shouldn't be that big a deal. And one of the things, I've, I'm just halfway through it now, one of the things I was reading recently was their parents were um, were kind of hippies. And at the age of five, they decided to teach May about sex, but was very specific to teach May, this is how men and women do it. This is how men and men do it. This is how women and women do it. And just go through everything just to go, here's all of it. And they thought it was the most normal thing in the world until they went to school and were getting in trouble <laughs> for telling all the kids all this stuff because everyone in the school was so reserved and and and, pr- and private about it. It was, it was fascinating to yeah to read that and just go all right yeah that it's all these things are only weird because we, we as adults make it weird and we oh, go oh yeah. it's weird this and that it's like no it's just it's another part of life it's just things yeah. isn't it well I, I grew up in that rural little place yeah. and there was no one that wasn't like straight white person so there wasn't anything out there to be like, oh, you know, they're they're different or whatever. Um, but when people started growing up and move, outsiders moving into the village, there was like this huge hoo-ha because two men were living together. <gasps> and they, they were going, I don't know if you've seen those men. I think they're um, friends. And then you're like, no, I'm pretty sure they're doing each other. Sex shows. <laughs> like, it was such a big deal. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Yeah, so I didn't really see any of that, anything different until I left the area that I grew up in. When I come to South End, obviously it's really sort of open and liberal here. Yeah. So, yeah, I didn't really have the benefit of that. But I give Rebel all the information that I've got. And sometimes I do worry that, you know, she's different because all the other children aren't getting that same thing. Mm. So she'll tell kids off and misgendering a snail. I um, love it. I love it. <laughs> things like that. And um, we saw a child in the in a toy shop the other day. It's a young lad and he was wearing this Elsa dress. It was beautiful. And she walked over to him and I thought, oh, no, what's she going to say? And she went, I love your dress. And then just walked off. And I just thought... I'm doing all right here. <laughs> I love it. It's beautiful to see, man, and it's exciting for me watching all all sorts of different mates whose kids are growing up. I like watching Drag Race and all these things, yeah. and none of it's a big deal. That's the bit I didn't get my head around. I thought these big changes were going to be big deals, but they're big deals to us who grew up when these things weren't their norm and there's whole generations coming through now who are just like well it's just a guy in a dress or it's just a kid doing this or that you know it's it's not a big deal and that's fucking beautiful you know yeah it's it's, that we can get to a point it will take a few more generations that we can get to a point where it's not this big hot topic debate where people are arguing over it's like no one gives a shit it's gender it doesn't matter it's irrelevant 
Yeah, yeah. That's um, that's pretty much our message, isn't it? With yeah. with the podcast, it doesn't matter, like you know who you are or what you do. If you're, you know, LGBTQ or whatever, doesn't mean you're promiscuous or like a freak in the bed or whatever. Because we had our friend Dean, who's gay, and he gets a lot of that. Like people assuming that he's promiscuous and just mm. like fucking everyone because that's what everyone thinks that gay people do. Yeah. That he's just a person that wants to be loved as well. <laughs> just that sort of like just gendering like and pigeonholing. <laughs> that's the thing with that sort of like gendering and pigeonholing people is that you think that it's a sex thing and it's mm. just not a sex thing. Men wearing makeup is not a sex thing. It's mm. an art thing. Yeah. Yeah. So to make everything sexual if it's not straight is to me that's that mental. Yeah. I completely agree. So I mean to kind of wrap things up I guess what's ahead you you've just finished is it series 3 of Sex with Charlie and Nina or was it 2? Yeah. Season 2. Season 2. And season 3's on the way I assume. Well, season three, we've got loads in the pipeline actually. It's really starting to take off because we've got a sponsor now yes. which is Amazing. Bang um, Boom bang, cr- bang, Creative. Bang Boom Creative. You shout can't just move swiftly boom. on. The legends. <laughs> yeah, shout out to the legend. Um, and we're, gonna, we're going to Amsterdam next month to record um, some episodes with some people. I love it. Um, in Amsterdam. And then we're, we might be going to Paris to record some episodes about love. Um, we've written a script. A pilot episode. Shop. Amazing. Um, yeah, we've written a couple of episodes of that. Yeah. Yeah, I said so as as soon as I heard the podcast, I said to uh, to Stu Whiffin, I was like, "This is a TV show. This is a sick. It, it <laughs> just it sits so perfectly and easily there. So that's yeah, that's exciting to hear. We agree because it's better when you can see these people. That's the bit I'm looking most forward to. Yeah, is creating the characters of these people because they're real. So we know exactly what they look like. We know exactly what they sound like. I love it. Well, I know a lot of, of, of TV types listen to this podcast. So if anyone is listening, you should be getting excited about this because, yeah, <laughs> I think it's a great, yeah. As soon as I said, every story that came through, I was like, this is a sketch. This is such a simple sketch and such a simple sh- show as well because it's w- w- one location, essentially. Yeah. It would, pr- I assume, pretty much all be taking place in a sex shop. So, yeah, I love the idea of that. It's exciting. <laughs> Yeah, super exciting. Yeah, is that that's what we've got in the pipeline at the moment, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. But we're open to to everything. So if you've got any ideas, anyone, I love yeah. it. I love it. Well, the f- the final thing I want to talk about briefly. I was going to have a section talking about how awkward I find listening every time. Eve, if you you bring up a, like a fantasy male, it's one of my mates. So it really. It, <laughs> takes me out of the whole experience it's either brett goldstein or tom hardy or or one of these guys and it's always all right well i don't want to hear an hour of you oh come on (laughs) everyone wants to hear an hour of me talking about brett goldstein's sex fantasy of course you are not you can't be immune to it not at all not at all how do you think we became so so close we generally did one gig together and from then on we've done We've worked together on on loads of different things, and yeah, he's an well, obsession. Well, I've got a theory that Stu Stu loves Brett, um, and that's why he won't let me within an inch because yeah. I think Stu's got a bit more of a thing for Brett than I have. Because all he ever says is he's such a handsome man. He is. He's so nice. He always refers like, to him as such a handsome man. Oh, I've seen. I've him. got a cute Brett story that I've never actually told anyone that I'm going to. Re- a reveal now and this was just a little thing between me and Brett but when we started doing a thing called Corner Boys t- t- together Brett was smashing it on on comedy and behind the scenes but didn't have the biggest public profile and his Wikipedia page the first line was Brett Goldstein is a frequent Scroobius Pip collaborator and we'd <laughs> laugh about it for ages because I'm like that's right Brett that's your that's your fucking destiny and when he got emanated or nominated for an Emmy I went on to my Wikipedia that night and updated it to be Scroobius Pip is a Brett Goldstein co- a, a, a collaborator <laughs> and, out of pride and sent it to him immediately going, man, the tables Aww. have turned. And, um, and then he won the, the, the fucking Emmy, the, 
the bastard. But no, yeah. I keep seeing every time I see him, he's like leveling up, isn't he? he really but for is. me, the absolute pinnacle was Sesame Street. Yeah. Like, that that was the pinnacle for him as well, I guarantee, as said. He's obsessed with those those puppets yeah. and muppets. You can't get much higher up than that, can you? And with Oscar the Grouch as well, of all the people. I'd probably want Cookie Monster would be my number one, but number two would be Oscar the Grouch. That's oh, just... Elmo would be number one for me. I yeah. find Elmo so cute that I just can't deal with it. Love it. He's adorable, well, isn't he? The, the, this is now a huge turn because the thing I was going to yeah. talk about was the thing that I enjoyed and connected with the most, and it's a, a through line in Sex with Charlie and Nina now, is your absolute distaste for the 69 as anything other than a funny number. Because <laughs> it's a hilarious number. I, I love it as the sex number. I love it coming up in thing going, oh, 69. But yeah. as an actual sexual activity, it's completely unfunctional. Uh, I love it as a number. Um, we actually found this porno oh, yeah. the other day. At the boot sale. Well, it's a comic porno Brilliant. and it's in Spanish. Club And it's 69. called Club 69. <laughs> and it's not love even it. it's not even in, in English. So this translates yeah. around the world, the 69, as being a sexy number. So if The guy was like, oh, that's in Spanish, so you know. I just think, mate, I'll wank in seven languages. Don't bother me. <laughs> not reading it, mate. But yeah, yeah. I'm not, there's, it's pictures. I'm not reading things. No. I don't read things anyway. This is the best kind of thing for me. You don't b- b- buy a, a sexy comic for the storylines. Come no. on. Let's be no, realistic. No, absolutely not. No. Well, but they yeah. don't, because one of the storylines is someone that's obsessed with smoking and, um, well, I assume from the pictures because I don't read, I can't read Spanish. And then he ends up finding a woman that's equally obsessed with smoking and she's smoking cigars with her vagina and oh, pipes wow. and all sorts of things. So, you know, you can pick all the story up. Fair play from to her. I visual. mean, again, if there are any TV people listening, there's another property you could snap yeah. up there. Club 69, it's called. That could, that could be huge. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, as a as a sex act, I just can't believe that people say that they like it. And when we put out the episode where we were saying about it, we got loads of messages from men going, "Yeah, one hundred, brilliant." No, it's fucking not. You're lying to yourself and your partner. The thing, the thing that gets me right is, let's think of examples. I really enjoy swimming, and I really enjoy pizza. <laughs> I don't want to swim and eat a pizza at once. There's two really enjoyable things there. Getting head and giving head, really enjoyable. Take your time and give them both the the the, the pleasure and attention that, that they deserve rather than try and do them at the same time where you're not going to m- m- match up. Y- yeah, it's just a mess. It's a mess. Why are we yeah. in such a rush? Exactly. And if you are together? in a rush, have a quickie. Yeah. yeah. Why exactly. are you throwing out the 69 when you're in a rush? You just wouldn't. Yeah, just say John and Edward. We don't need to say Jedward. It's fine. <laughs> Why are we in such a rush? We can take these things one at a time and enjoy them at their, their fullest. Well, I'm but glad... I, I do think part of that is because men won't let you have a nice time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, um, if I'm having a shit time, you're having a shit time. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 outrageous. Well, what a bombshell to end on. Um, as <laughs> From said, Elmo to all, all the series of Two Girls One Shop are still available, and series one and series two of Sex with Charlie and Nina are available, including the episode I guested on. You girls have been on the Hardcore Listing podcast and the the Mum and Mama podcast, so there's loads of stuff for people who are new to you guys and have just. F- fallen in love with you over the last hour to go and consume while we wait for you to tra- travel around Europe recording <laughs> series three. <laughs> Thank you for coming on, guys. It's been a bloody pleasure. Well, thanks, thanks for, for having us. us. It's been a pleasure too. Yeah.
You've been listening to Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces. There we go. That was Charlie and Nina. If you weren't familiar with them, you are now, and I can't recommend you going and listening to the the entirety of their back catalogue enough. But if you're here, you might be a Scroobius Pip fan, and if so, my episode on theirs is a solid place to start. I'm very honest and open about sex stuff in their chat because they're wonderful people they're really easy to talk to and yeah i've not been on any i've been invited on a few different sex podcasts and i've not gone for any and this was the first one i was like in a heartbeat i was like yep i'll talk to you girls about all this stuff they're wonderful and a huge welcome to the distraction pieces network to charlie and nina i'll be back next week ladies and gentlemen but man you've got a lot of stuff to listen to I mentioned earlier on the first episode, the first proper episode of Tell Me About It with Stu Whiffin and Scroobius Pip is out now where I'm talking about my school days. So go and check that out. And you've got the entire back catalogue of Sex with Charlie and Nina and Two Girls One Shop. So go and check all of that goodness out. I'll be back next week. Until then, stay safe, stay sane, stay sexy.